0: we're recording inside the cohab podcast studio space under the texas street bridge by the red river in downtown shreveport louisiana and this is the 3180 podcast what is going on in the 318 what is our current identity shreveporters can make this place into the city we want it to be it's time for shreveport to make a 180 every thursday we are having conversations about doing just that we're talking to people who are making the difference in our city i'm josh clayton i'm thomas young Welcome to the 3180 Podcast. Matt Snyder, welcome to the 3180 Podcast. What's up? How are y'all? I, I am good, man. How are you doing today? Good. All right, here's, here's the challenge. You've All got right. to be somewhere at 11 a.m. That's right. It's 10-10. You talk a lot. I talk more than you. And the two of us together can talk for hours. That's right. Can we do this in 35 minutes?
1: Oh, we'll give them a lot in 35 minutes. All right. <laughs> All right.
0: All right, where did... You're from Shreveport. I am. All right, so all right, tell me tell me the Matt Snyder story in, in four minutes or less.
1: So the way I always describe myself when talking about Streetport is I was the kid sitting at Captain Street High School that always was furious when the other kids were talking about how they couldn't wait to get out of Streetport or how bad Streetport was. Well, uh, why did that Why did that piss you off? Because I always felt just a certain responsibility to make it better. Wow. And I was like, Well, you're a coward. Like, yeah, dude. You're just As a
0: teenager. Talk,
1: yeah, you're just gonna talk trash and then leave. Like that's your plan, bro? Like that <laughs> always bothered me and still does today. Yeah. Um. Because I just felt even from the, at that point, like, yeah, this is our city, this is our town. I was yeah. involved. I was yeah. as a young guy. I was involved in new things. I, um, my family was close with Kidadar. I was involved in campaigns early on. I saw city government kind of yeah. working. Um, and I always felt like there was just a responsibility to fight for your hometown. If you moved, I still thought you should be always thinking of what you could do to make a place like
0: this better. What Did your parents imbue you with a sense of responsibility to make this town better? Or did you just, I mean, why, why, why do you care? (sighs) That's,
1: that's a harder question. I don't know. It's one of those things I've never really thought about because it's just always been there. And no, my parents aren't like super active, like Mm -hmm. fighting the Shreveport battle. Um, They're probably like most Shreveporters just kind of living their life, doing their thing. To me, I was, Around and I grew up in a time when I think Shreveport was fighting for progress. Yeah. When I think the Idar administration pushed a lot of envelopes, fought a lot of hard fights where it was very two-sided in town, but, yeah. but was fighting to progress us into yeah. a new generation.
0: When, when, when did you graduate Shreve High School? 2000. Okay. So we're, we're only one year apart. I knew we were close in age. Uh, you grew up born and raised in Shreveport. Right. Are uh, your mom and dad both from here? Yes. Okay. The, are your grandparents from
1: here too? Yeah. So my great-grandfather immigrated here from Sicily, had a produce house yeah. down at the end of what would be the end of the parkway now down yeah. by the downtown airport called okay. Tri-State Produce. Um, my grandfather later had a video poker company, put one of the first video poker machines in Louisiana anywhere. Um, they were involved. Um Saw a lot of things growing up, just business. Met a lot of people. Got to got to kind of be involved in the community, and I just felt like I just loved streetport. I mean, well, I mean really? and my family was involved, in, yeah. and definitely like. We're always a big part about being in Shreeport. My
0: family never was questioning leaving Shreeport. Yeah, well, relationships matter in the produce business. That's right. And relationships matter in video poker business, too. <laughs> that's like, right. You don't just get to put your machines wherever you want them. And you, I you mean, know. as a
1: kid, I remember me and my dad going down on Saturday mornings, filling up our bags of produce, and then on our way home, we would go drop things off to the back door of restaurants or earnest and different places, things they needed for Saturday night. Yeah. Um, and that was always
0: cool. And And, and that's... That's a community, right? You know, that's that's your involvement early on in the community. So you you go to uh, elementary, middle school here in town. You go to Shreve. Then what then what do you do? I go to Tech. All right. Went to Tech. So tell me about
1: that. So I was at Tech, like Tech, fine, whatever. Um, My grandfather called me, came out of retirement to get back in the video poker business, called me to come get involved um, and to work for the family. So I came home. Did that for a while, didn't love the industry, had an opportunity with Raising Canes, went and opened an early Raising Canes out on Mansfield Road as I was starting to build a family Um, and kind of went there. And it was cool because when I came home to work for my grandfather, I was 20 years old, I couldn't even go in video, poker casinos I would like stand at the door and the girls would hold the doors open and I'd like look through the doors and point at what they should do. (laughs) Um, What was your responsibility for the video poker machine? I was the general manager of like two truck stop casinos some C stores a couple restaurants all the catering for La Casino I had absolutely no idea what I was doing at all so it was like totally just thrown in like go figure it out yeah we got to make this work um,
2: that's the old training style
1: and I loved it yeah. and it was good for me it was yeah. kind of my style and and so there would literally be like meetings with my grandfather where he would say our cells are down fix it and that was kind of it and I, I remember like making flyers on like an old Xerox copier and not knowing what to do so much that I just went to the neighborhood by the Labossia where our biggest casino was and I was putting myself putting these Xerox flyers <laughs> on people's door to come play video poker
0: and so Compl- he owned the stores and he had the video poker license yeah okay so just come play video poker
1: I mean the messaging was pretty much like please come you know so like that's and you're 20 21 years old I was like it. 21 years old alright so I, I know um a total um, idiot like had no business doing. that but well, it was but total well, grassroots yeah. and so then I I went with Raising Canes while I was early, and Ty Graves was the king of community involvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I got to take, and it really was just a more formalized, grassroots, guerrilla marketing of what I was doing. It was just like the Flyers, it was just more structured. Yeah.
2: it was still just come eat chicken.
1: It was, yeah. it was still <laughs> like, yeah. let's go out. Let's go out to the football game. Let's shake yeah. hands. Let's talk to people. It was like the oldest school marketing kind of strategy. Yeah, yeah
0: LSU football, Labrador retrievers and chicken. Yeah. Fingers. And I
1: loved it. And I mean, everywhere in town, we were me, Pete, you know, Pete and yeah. Jack yeah. Skag's bump. It was the three of us and everybody knows we're the chicken guys.
0: And I mean, you couldn't go to yeah. a local event without a Canes banner. being That's right. There well, and, in those you know, years. I'm pushing pause right now. Cause I want to come back to that. Um, Tell me, I knew you were involved in Keith Hightower's mayoral campaign back in the 90s. How did you get involved in that and what would you do? So
1: the Hightowers were always a very, very close family friend since I was like a baby. And so even as like the city council, I remember putting up signs, you know, city council signs when I was probably in fourth or fifth grade. And then that was just a a constant kind of in our life. So I was involved. I think the first run for mayor, I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second one, I was in college and came home and i think most of it was over a summer and involved with the campaign had the headquarters there and was just involved in kind of the day to day of the put out yard campaign. signs put out yard signs went to the events you know whatever was going on so just got a very close view of what that looks like and and kind of the fun parts and the and the hard parts of it both over the years um
2: yeah, you know, I mean, campaigns that are Beau,
1: stressful. That Bo Williamski that our campaign was was one of a kind. I mean, it was it was hardcore. It was very contested. It yeah. was extreme, and I think like going back to this last campaign here, I mean, it it reflected that a lot. Yeah. So there was a lot of looking back on, like, oh, I remember when this happened or this was. Happening but you like it, days. you and, love it, and that gets in you. you yeah, can't, yeah, like, you love it. Yeah, yeah. i have gotten away from politics for a long time, but you're right. Once you get back, I mean I remember he'll kill me, but I remember me and Michael Besada standing in the stadium in those seats at Shreve football games arguing with people over the hot tower Bo Williams
0: race. You know, we were about sixteen,
1: seventeen years
0: old. Yeah. Um, all right, well here's here's my Matt Snyder story. I um I was a, a member of Red River CrossFit and we decided we were gonna put on a five K to raise money for the um, LSU neonatal uh Neonatal transport unit situation, a really good buddy of mine had a tragic event, and we, we put on this 5K because they needed an infant, an infant transport unit. And uh, they, there's, a, there's a group in town that does 5Ks every weekend, multiple 5Ks and all that, and we decided we were going to do it different. We wanted to have cool t-shirts. We wanted to have a really good marketing campaign. We wanted to have a 5K that was completely out of the box for Shreveport, like that I'd seen races in other towns. So, uh, mutual friend, Shannon Waldron, who's now Shannon McCucky, right? Right. And she, we, we, we were like, we didn't know what we were doing. We were like, well, we need water stops, don't we? Like, yeah, we need paper cups, right? And we were trying to figure out, how do we get free stuff? And she was like, we need canes. We need canes. <laughs> They've got free paper cups. They'll just come give us paper cups. And I'm like, how do we get paper cups from canes? And she's like, I know this guy, Matt Snyder. He can make anything happen. (laughs) Just call Matt. And I remember going, finding the Matt Snyder phone number and getting this number and calling you and then like showing up to Kane's and we, you probably don't remember this, but we just got like tons of paper cups and they were all branded, which made it look like our 5K was way cooler than it was because... We didn't have just, like, blank paper cups. They used to be my favorite Cane's Chick. Those red cups, man. Yeah. yeah. I'd, so,
1: I'd give you red cups over yeah. a bed or any day. But, but it, was it, was, it
0: saved us, you know, 25 30 bucks at Sam's. It looked cooler. Like, we might have gotten Cane's Chicken Fingers for the after party. I yes. can't remember. I can't but, remember. but you helped us out with that, and you were the guy that could get anything done at Cane's. And, and I think Pete had a little bit to do with that, too. But I remember walking into the Mansfield Road location And you're running around like a madman, like, you know, and then you're like, oh, here, here's all the paper cups you can handle. Yeah. So I've always appreciated that. And fast forward a few years and I saw you, um, I saw you at like a John Pickens event or some type of thing. And you said you'd open your own marketing shop called Pinpoint. That's right. And then uh, you and I got to start doing a little business together and, uh, and you represented me in my law practice for a little bit, along with a lot of other folks in town. And so take me to that point, Pinpoint Marketing, you open your own business. What are you doing? So it really got to the point where Canes was growing like crazy. So yeah. I
1: think when I opened Mansfield Road, we were at like the 64th restaurant. Um, six years down the road, Canes was big. Canes was like three, 400 restaurants growing all over the country. Um, and I knew my passion was Streetport, whatnot, and I wanted to do a lot of what I had done with my family business and with Canes, a lot of that local marketing. I wanted to do it for the small business in Streetport. Yeah. So I always thought, you know, pretty much a big chain place can hire a guy like me for whatever eighty, hundred thousand dollars and have an expert in house just marketing yeah. and and going after. Mm-hmm. Well, the mom and pop business owner is having to be the accountant the order the marketing birds yeah. and everything mm-hmm. it's like well dude they can't compete like there's yeah. no way you can compete yeah so my thought was well if i split my salary up pretty much over a bunch of these companies i get to represent local people that are yeah. trying to make street work better which yeah. was so important some of the coolest brands i was like and then i could work with a lot of them and we'll see what happens and um I didn't foresee it. But what really happened is we built a team very quickly. Yeah. Because my clients became this group and I would be able to work them together to do things in, in mm-hmm. group, which helped bring rates down and opened up opportunities for everybody and whatnot. So I went out. So I always tell this story. This is my, this is like my favorite pinpoint story. So I love canes, had a house, had four kids at the time, <laughs> like had a mortgage. And I was like, I literally have four weeks to make what my paycheck
0: would be. Yeah, I think I met you right at that time. Yeah, and I'm
1: like, oh, no. And so so I went, and Kathleen always laughs. So I went, there was something, my computer was not working right, and we went up, we lived in Spring Lake, so we went up to Cedar Grove Library, and I was, like, going to use their computer to follow my Secretary of State stuff. And, like, all the adult computers were packed. So I went and sat like at the little coloring station (laughs) in the kids area with this computer and I filed my of state of pinpoint sitting right there in the little children's area. And then the next I made a really pretty bad flyer. And then I went out the next day and was like, I'm not talking to anybody. I know because like if I go out and I sell this to people that, you know, are friends or I know that does not prove anything. And I need to know. Do I need to go look for a job or is this going to work? Yeah. And so I went out and the first day, I actually came to this building to Cohab to a Million Cups event. Yeah. And I met Grant Knuckles. I'd never met him before. I was like, hey, dude, like, this is what I'm going to do. And he was like, well, come see me. Came that afternoon to Twisted Root and he hired me on the spot. Yeah. And I went to Chris McJunkins at Cantina Laredo. He gave me a time to come back. He said, you have seven minutes, and I'll never forget. And he, like, said, okay, your seven minutes starts now. And I was like, dude, you don't understand. I got nothing to lose. I, like, that was the hardest hit, seven <laughs> minutes ever. He hired me for Windrush and Cantina that day. Yeah. Um, and I talked to Matt Brown at Sports Spectrum, and yeah. he hired me. So I picked up three clients in one day. But you didn't know those three guys. I didn't know them. I I'd known Matt Brown a little bit like through races and stuff, but I didn't know him. I didn't have any relationship. And so I'm really proud that all three of them are still my client today, six years later. Um, But they got me going. And so I went home and I was like, okay, I've got to start working for these guys, building marketing plans and just start doing it. And so I started working for them and very, very quickly they started calling friends. I think Andrew was really quick after that grant called Andrew Crawford. I was like, hey, man, you need to sit down with this guy. And Andrew hired me and then John Pickens and then King Hardware. Yeah. And it just really kind of trickled out. And Did I you always, know McElhattan? I didn't know McElhattan. Oh, know. I didn't realize you didn't know any of these. Okay. I didn't really right. know any of them. And so it Trist started really trickling and growing like that. And I always, I've never gone out and sold Pinpoint like that since that day yeah like i've never gone out and had to like look for a client Mm -hmm. like it's all just been natural um and yeah that's kind of how pinpoint began so so we're rolling with pinpoint i'm doing marketing for these local brands and what i believe in and what canes was so good at was being involved in your community yeah so we start looking at opportunities i mean i'm just pulling in every opportunity i can let's sponsor this let's look at that and dude the opportunities were were tough um The numbers that people were pitching around town were were not justifiable. Yeah, Um, were high for what you got. It was hard to show a return on investment. And at the end of the day, these guys are paying me and keeping me on a monthly retainer.
0: And you're talking about magazine ads, you're talking about like kind of newspaper-ish ads. I'm talking about event sponsorships. Yeah, billboards, all that kind of thing. Yeah, it was just... To get your name out there as a small business. A local
1: business owner could not afford... Yeah. To do very much marketing in yeah, this yeah. community at the time. Yeah. And I knew that my biggest thing was I was gonna have to create opportunity that was not that
0: they didn't have now. Okay. And so that became the mission. And you were around a lot of those and you knew how that yeah. Goes. I, I was one of the early guys in that in that group. And uh so it was, uh, it was kind of like a little fraternity type thing of a bunch of small business owners. That's right.
1: And it was pressing people, it was calling the video guys and being like, Look, man, I can get you four video. Yeah yeah but we're not paying much at what you usually get for yeah, a yeah and yeah. you know some of that is tough but i always had to remind myself that my job was to fight for my clients just like an attorney yeah yeah you know yeah, you and, do and, a hell and, of a job and they want me out trying to get them the best opportunity i can yeah and so that's what i do and, and i've done i've been able to open a lot of opportunities up and the biggest opportunity there was okay we should just create some events of our own. Yeah. Shreveport needs new, fresh, cool events, and we need things to sponsor at a fair rate. Okay, now what came first? The magazine or the events? So the events came first. So Bourbon and or yeah, Bourbon and Bowties was the first event. Right. Bourbon and Bow ties was very early. I think I had just gotten John Pickens, Rhino was new, yeah. um, and we were like, let's do an event for Pickens. We invited a hundred people to a bourbon tasting event. We all split the split it up and paid for it ourselves. Mm-hmm. It was free. It was in the backyard of Rhino mm-hmm. and it worked. And it was a success and it was fun. Like probably like 80 people showed up out of the hundred invites. Mm-hmm. So that started like, okay, that's cool. I had seen this Derby Day deal this derby concept moving around the country. Mm-hmm. There was one I really loved in Colorado where they put you on a boat and took you to this island and it was <laughs> over the top crazy. And I was like, I wanna do that. That's gonna work in Shreveport. Like I just felt it. And me and Greg, I remember the conversations. us so just like, but it's all about the location. It's all, that is all about the location. Yeah. It's gotta be the right place. Oh man, Norton would be the dream. But Matt Norton won't even let you like take a picture on their line. I was like, I don't know. We're gonna try. So eventually, over time, Norton was. That's really, your thing.
0: That's your thing, though. Like, I mean, you. I think. Yeah. I think you like the like. There's no way we can get into Norton.
1: That like excites me more than I anything.
0: I know. And like the fact
1: of it's probably what a lot of people don't like about me. Yeah. Is like when somebody tells me you can't do that or it's never been done that way or this is the rule this is the way we've always done it man i have to like question that yeah. i have to know why yeah i mean canes just always say like to their managers don't ever tell somebody because i said so yeah like that was like the golden rule of canes if you wanted to be fired at raising canes that was the easiest <laughs> way to like tell somebody the whole thing was to explain the reasoning it's
2: the worst because i said so is the reason that like kids drop out of school yeah. it's like it's like wait just you're supposed to teach me and you don't really care enough to explain why and then it's like it's the so so it, response, it, it you know? breeds like the like that i'm going i'm I'm gonna like yeah you tell me because you said so i'm gonna go figure out why and i'm gonna prove you wrong like it right, just yeah, yeah, it yeah. really builds up that like
0: especially if you're a if you're a matt snyder and you and i've fall into this boat a little bit too but like that's the first way to get me to fight you right it's yeah. like because i'm right. gonna quit and i'm gonna go try to beat you at your own game like that's just yes so. and if
1: i feel you going around trying to keep us not and trying to change the rules and yeah that just inspires me yeah. to stay on it more yeah, yeah. like yeah. wait a minute like and especially if you look at what these people are doing and they're not getting great results yeah you're like yeah. wait a minute you've set these rules yeah they're not yeah helping don't ro-
0: the people that they don't should rock be. the boat we're yeah. getting we're getting money it's from good these for people. you yeah <laughs> i'm rocking so all right <laughs> the how, how did you get a derby day party at the north without without it giving your secrets away I've had so the biggest
1: there. thing was it was just a good timing deal the people at norton which are great were really starting to to look at things differently. They brought in Emily Fiesel, who's super talented, and exciting. And Emily was really stretching some of the things there. Um, Mr. Norton and Ruth were, were getting in there and doing some really interesting things. And they were open to it. At some point, I got a meeting and I went in and I was like, it was one of those things where you're starting to figure out business. And I was like, there's no need to like give them a soft pitch anymore. Yeah, This is like, throw it all out there, as crazy as it can be, <laughs> and let them decide if they really w- would be interested or yeah, not. Yeah. And so I just pitched it like crazy. And I'll never forget, Mr. Norton didn't really say anything, the whole thing. Some other people asked questions. Finally, he said, well, you know, how much money is this going to cost, me? I was like, oh, no, no, man, none. <laughs> and, um, and he was like, all right, let's try it. And so that opened the gate there to do that. And it was really something exciting. It was cool to
0: do the first big, large scale yeah. event. Yeah, and there. You, you went to your clients, you asked for sponsorships. Right. We all got our name and our posters out right. there. And because uh, uh, you'd already made us go by. Posters. That's right. <laughs> you tried to put them up on South Highlands, and then you take them down South Highlands, yeah. put them up at Derby Day. And so I remember I was I was embarrassed when I showed up at Derby Day because I saw like my poster there with my like you got big hair. over years. No. <laughs> but, but no, no. But like that's where the funding came from. Yeah, I mean and, and this event was just like. I mean, I'm not I'm not tooting your horn here. That was an event unlike any event that I'd been to in Shreveport. It felt completely different.
1: Yeah, and the big thing was to start to utilize spaces in Shreveport that were cool and that were exclusive to Shreveport. When you traveled and when we went to things, everywhere we'd go to a really cool event, it was like, well, this is a great space that is so Austin. Or this is so New Orleans. Or you went to an event in Shreveport and it was in Festival Plaza and there was nothing to capture your love for Shreveport there. Like if I'm from out of town and I go to that, that could be anywhere and it just is what it is. Is it a great space to do events? Yeah, it makes it really convenient. Yeah, But does it add to the culture? Does it speak to someone from out of town as yeah. being special? I didn't feel that it did. So it was important to me to start utilizing the spaces that I did think were special in Shreveport yeah. and to point those out to people. I was like, I mean, I think in our second year of everyday, we sold tickets to 17 states. Oh, wow. And it was like- 17
0: states? 17 different states. Good, well, nice. nice. I didn't realize that. So. Who catered, did Jason Brady and Wine Country or Southern Fort cater your first year? So, so oh man, was we're going go down a crazy
1: rabbit hole. But like, so in the early days, and still to this day, everything's so bootstrapped about me, Andrew, and Grant. It's like, yeah. we're always broke and we're always <laughs> on the cusp of losing lots of money. Yeah. So it's like, well, how can we do this? How can we do that? Yeah. So Andrew <laughs> decided he was going to cater the first year. All right. All right. And he did and he survived
0: and it was good. The second year. Oh, he had the rhino food truck out there. Oh, man, I remember it that was a okay. train wreck. And so the second year. <laughs> but it didn't feel like a train wreck. <laughs> no, because everybody was there, thought it was yeah, like yeah, a great party. The, and
2: he, he knows it was a train wreck. Yeah. Nobody else did. <laughs> and that's, Andrew the, that, that's, a train. that's the that's.
0: <laughs> no, it was awesome. It was a great time. It was Andrew a great had party.
1: people flaming banana Fosters <laughs> on the lawn of Northern <laughs> Year One. Like, it was over the top. Um, <laughs> the second year, it had grown so much that Andrew did the food again and rented a, what was going to be like a refrigerator truck. And mm-hmm. it was supposed to be like, you know, a small, like a rider truck or what the rider truck is yeah. now. Well, they had ran out of those. So they gave him pretty much like an 18-wheeler almost, <laughs> refrigerator truck. So I call him the morning. This has never been told on any kind of anywhere. So this is a funny behind the scenes story. So I call him the morning of Derby Day and I'm like, all right, we're meeting out there at six o'clock. How'd the night <laughs> go? You were cooking all night, I know. He said, "Hey man, can you pick me up at um at the car? I think it was at Holmes. I, I need you to pick me up at the mechanic shop at Holmes." I said, "Dude, it's six in the morning. What do you mean?" Well, last night the truck brake moved while we were out cooking. I hit my buddy's car. <laughs> his leg got slammed in the door. He's in the hospital. <laughs> I have his car at the shop trying to get fixed. I'm like. Dude, we're six hours from starting this thing with 1,200 people. um, Picked Andrew up and we made it work.
0: So after that, we um, started catering out the food. Yeah. And if you have the money to outsource, it's always a good idea. But if you don't, you got to do what you you do. I
1: mean, to make it survive and always with our stuff is – we have to make it survive so we can keep growing it. Well, every year
0: it's better. So I like remember, like the, the food up, the tents, the 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 way it's laid out. Every year it's gotten better. It's it's an amazing event. You parlayed that event into multiple events. So. Yeah, and Derby Day really became to where like, and I wish I wish in the early days,
1: looking back now, that I would have continued to push it more. Yeah. I let it get successful and say, okay, it is what it is, and we kind of stuck there. And we're going to do some really interesting things this year. There's a lot of of new. A really kind of ninety degree turn on it cool. this year that's that'll be over the top, but like really with with that we started turning it into other events, yeah, so we started going down the thing of like what else can we do um then we had wills in the hills in Bay Virginia Park that was aimed towards kids, and yeah over the years figuring that out that's still there it's a great free event, it's really yeah. our most charitable event of the year um it doesn't make any money, but yeah. it's great and Every, I used to say, man, I'm waiting for the first bad Facebook review so I can not do
0: this again. <laughs> <laughs> and um, They never come. Everybody that, comes yeah. always loves it. Um, but that, that, you bring a bunch of like heavy equipment and yeah. helicopters, all kinds of stuff out to the... Uh, yeah, we
1: bring like everything like that book that a little kid looks at mm-hmm. of like all the equipment mm-hmm. in, the book, in the bookstore. We try to bring that to life for them. And, and the you, kids get to play on the equipment uh, and all. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, that's really cool. That's And so July. we started doing stuff like that. Um, I don't call that a festival. That that was, was whatever. But then, like, yeah, but past. I mean, but who
0: else in town says I'm going to look at Betty Virginia and I'm going to bring in a bunch of random heavy power equipment because my boy likes it. My, right, my, my kid likes it. He'd love it. Right. So I'm sure there's a bunch of other dads and and, and daughters. That's and the sons. benefit
1: of the marketing stuff. So like that came out of a meeting with Ben yeah. Foster. Yeah, So Foster orthodontist. Yeah, it's like. Let's do something cool. Instead of going and buying billboards, Yeah, what can we spend the same amount of money we would spend on billboards on, but yeah. do something great in the community and hit your target audience? Yeah. And that became Wills in the Hills for him. Yeah. And he's still the title sponsor today. And he pretty much funds Wills in the Hills happening. Yeah, and it know? makes sense And for it's him. a perfect connection to his brand. And it's so much more valuable to the community than if he goes and buys a
0: magazine. A- Excellent point. So you... You're in, in the same vein, you, you had to convince Norton to let you on their property to throw it then every I had day. You to go to the city, yeah. And then you had to go to the city to get <laughs> Betty, Virginia. And, and then at some point, they realized you weren't going to tear the place up too bad. So, like, and, when I asked about Crawfest, <laughs> so Crawfest is like the f-
1: first real festival in Betty, Virginia Park. And so I went and I love let me be clear this spa has been great to me and yeah. is a lot lot better than people give them credit on. Yeah.
0: They got an amazing organization. A lot of, they have a lot of work to do. There's tons. they have tons of parks in this town.
1: They have so much property that like yeah. no one would I mean the book of property that the yeah. city owns that they maintain is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. large. They really are are very very impressive. But so yeah. I pretty much applied to do this Crawfish Festival. Okay. So let me go back on on (laughs) Crawfest, because this is something that drives me crazy, and I'll go fast. Well, you got seven minutes. So Crawfest (laughs) is this. (laughs) Yeah. Crawfest, I wanted to do a music festival in in Shreveport. Uh Every music festival that it attempted had really failed. Music festivals were horribly under, like, visited in Shreveport. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, how are we gonna do our music festival? Like, Shreveport needs a music festival. You could see these music festivals popping yeah, up all yeah. around us. Um, I was like, how are we gonna do it? I was like, they won't come to a music festival, but they'll come eat crawfish. <laughs> Everyone that sold crawfish around, I mean, buys would have crawfish and he would sell out in an hour, you yeah, know, and then yeah. Great Rap would do a crawfish bowl. And be we were like, it's like, you know what? We're gonna do a crawfish bowl. Get them to come, and then I'm gonna make them come to my music festival <laughs> until they love it. It's a
2: food festival with music. That's
1: right. I mean, and so everybody always has questions about the crawfish, and I'm like, dude, I haven't even thought about the crawfish. Like, yeah. Shane got the crawfish. I don't know.
0: I'm worried yeah. about the music. There's beer, there's crawfish, and That's then right. there's then there. then you throw the party. That's right. Yeah.
1: And so the first year, cool story. I'm setting it all up, Andrew and Grant come out, and they're like, what is wrong with you? The tables are 70 yards from the stage. I'm like, yeah, they're staying there. I was like, people are going to bring blankets, chairs, and they're going to come to a music festival. And they're like, Matt, Streetport will not do that. They don't even know how to do that. They won't. Well, they do it at Highland Jazz Fest. Yes. Yeah, they do. And at the time, it was still in kind of a certain spot. But we were, I was like, they have to bring it and we have to make this amusement. The first year, nobody did. Everybody sat 70 yards back. There was a huge gap. Yeah. So the second year I go to set up. I set it up exactly the same. They come running across that field. You're not doing this to us again, move those tables. i said, like, I'm not moving those tables. They will bring their chairs and blankets, I promise. <laughs> About halfway through the Saturday, I was driving our little golf cart through, trying to like take something somewhere. And I had to get off the golf cart and leave it in the middle of the park because I couldn't get through anymore. Yeah. The blankets and the chairs were so packed across that field that you couldn't drive through.
0: It takes a few years sometimes for street porters to catch up. And
1: it was was there. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. I I remember looking across that year and there's just people everywhere. And from far across, I see a young girl with blue hair, glitter makeup, and she's hula hooping in a tutu. She's probably a college (laughs) age girl that could have been taking a picture at Bonnaroo yeah. and she was in Betty Virginia Park, just <laughs> loving it. And I was like, that's it. That's what we're doing Yeah. Um, here. And so that's been the focus of Crawfest ever since. I mean, the first year we had a under $4,000 music budget and every year we have committed to going more. We're, our music budget this year is $40,000. Good night. So we are bringing... you have the lineup yet? I am working hard on it. It's All keeping right. me up at night. Yeah. Because um, you're only four months out. Three months two out. Two months out. It's in April? March 20th and 21st. I thought it was usually in April. So it's always the first Friday and Saturday of spring break. Okay. And the all reason right. of that is I was like, remember it as a kid? Do you remember that feeling when spring break Friday, and you're coming out of school and it's like you're free? I was like, I want to like lean on that feeling. Okay. I want people to come out of school and parents now that moment and come straight to the best. So the most work you do
0: for. all year is on the Friday before of spring break. That's like, right. Nowadays, that's right. The my, yeah. But you get the break. feeling, I guess, at the end. So all right. So um, it's it's ten forty one. We're gonna do a part two of this. Okay. Because I know you got to go, and I don't want you to be late to meet a client. Yeah. But you've got Crawfest going. You've got Catahoula Wine Mixer out in Providence. Is that part of your deal?
1: Yeah, so that was, all of them are, like, the first of, and that's why they kind of were important to us. Like, Catahoula yeah. was the first real festival in South Streetport. Right. You know, Betty Virginia, or Crawfest was about opening Betty Virginia up and people being there and seeing that space in a different way they had never been used for. All right,
0: well— Putting on a big event is a it's difficult. It's very it's very time consuming. There's a lot of planning. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of disasters that happen that a lot of the attendees don't see. You know, there's it's it's a difficult job. And sometimes you make money on them. Sometimes you don't like what what is your dog in the fight? Like, why are you doing all this when you could just run a marketing agency?
1: Yeah, I think that's the the most frustrating and and thing because people don't get why you're doing it, and why because you, a lot yeah. of people don't get that like you really would because it seems crazy. But I I feel confident in speaking for myself, Grant and Andrew that we're all doing it, but because we think it's important to have these kind of events yeah. in a city that is progressing. Yeah, and I believe in when people say if you're not growing, you're dying, and I think with Streetport. That is more true than maybe any statement. Yeah. If you're not growing, you're dying. And so I think at this point, it's my responsibility as a leader in our community to keep pushing.
0: Yeah. And to and, keep trying. And, and and some people look at that statement as, oh, well, our population isn't growing, so we must be dying. But I, I don't see it that way. I, I look don't...
1: at it as our population won't grow yeah. unless there are things in our community that can stand up and be compared to or can be one-off better. Yeah than things that are happening around the country. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... And I've said this, and and this will be critical, and this will be a terrible thing to end on, but we'll do it anyway. When we were in high school, people used to say, Shreveport's five to ten years behind Dallas. Yeah. I'm very fearful that right now we're not five to ten years behind Dallas. We may be five to ten years behind Lafayette. Yeah. We may be five to ten years behind Tyler. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Like, we should never be falling behind these kind of markets. Shreveport's a leader. Shreveport was, is the, what, the second or the third largest city in, in the state? Yeah. And I'm worried that the culture of these places is bypassing the culture of Shreveport. Um,
0: so, so what, how do these events, how do your clients, how, and I do wanna talk about Shreveport Magazine in part two because I think it was a, an excellent project. It was beautifully done by um, Crawford's design group. Um, everything was excellent about it like I said to you earlier you might not have made money on it but it was still a great project but the um, that it we have events right we've got a lot of events in town we had events before you showed up on the scene to put on your own events what about your events does something to, to create a culture in the city that didn't exist before with the prior events? I wouldn't even say it's my event okay
1: I'll say that before our event, there was a very small amount of events, and they were the old school kind of standards yeah. that have always been.
0: In. Yeah. That we enjoy I, as kids.
1: Yes, that I love. Yeah. And that I would love the opportunity. I mean, a great example of that is the Independence Bowl. Yeah. I just worked on the Independence Bowl and helped them shape their tailgate experience yeah. and put a small twist on it that gave huge new results and a whole fresh look on yeah. it. I think... The old standards are great and just need to be updated and can be very important in the mix. But outside of my own events, I'm probably more proud of the amount of young people and new events popping up. Yeah. Not mine, ours, or whatever. I mean, we're doing it. I have clients to promote. Yeah. I want to do cool things. It is what it is. Yeah. You got your standards. And luckily, they've yeah. been successful and the people of supported yeah. have supported them. Yeah. But I'm so proud of if you went back six years ago before that first Bourbon and Boatazer, before um, Derby, the first Derby day, and you really took an event calendar from that that year, whatever that would be, 2013, and you took an event calendar of Shreveport now, yeah, it would be five times as big. yeah. And I think by us showing people that without support from any government entity without yeah. any non profit donations, we were able to survive and grow cool events. Yeah. I think it opened up a lot of eyes to go, a lot of people to go try yeah. things on their own. And I love those events and I love watching people take these attempts,
0: you know, and that's what's really made true Board exciting to me. Again. What are your favorites? What are you enjoying going to that you don't have to work behind the scenes so hard on? Oh man.
1: I, and this is not a new event, but I love the Independence Bowl. Yeah. I've always had a part of the Independence Bowl that yeah. just makes, like, there's something special about the Independence Bowl. And I think it's very important to our area. Um, I love Pumpkin Channel Line. I love walking my kids around Pumpkin Channel Line every year. Is that Junior League? Wait, who does that? That is Southfield School. Southfield School does and, that. And that's, right. that's a cool event. And the cool thing with that is kind of what I talk about with all events Pumpkin Channel Line is one of a kind. Yeah, it is special. If you came to bombing General line, you'd be like, wow, that is cool. Yeah. You're not going to go see the exact same thing in somewhere yeah. else. Um, you know, I, uh, one of my favorite people and events, a couple of things. Sylvester Marshall with what he's doing with with the Brunchella, and he has a New Year's Eve party that's out of control. Um, I love what he's doing it with that community. I think me and Sylvester have have done one project together and are working on several others of really bringing the communities together. That's something I'm very passionate about at this point.
0: Well, let's let's bring on, uh, bring bring you on, and maybe I, I try to get you and Sylvester in here at the same time. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But in part two, I want to get to how these events um, can help unify a city and bring not bring culture to the city. I think the city has plenty of culture, but expose... Amplify
2: the existing.
0: Amplify the existing culture that already exists here and, and, uh, and bring attention to the fact that we already are in a special place.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the biggest thing of where Streetboard in January 2020, where, where we are in my eyes mm-hmm. through everything I learned and saw through Adrian's campaign yeah. and, and whatnot, is I think this needs to be the year of bringing people together. Yeah, um, There are two Shreeports uh-huh. that operate very much separate from each other, yeah. and they have for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to, as young leaders, we have to start integrating what we're doing to each other. Um, I wholeheartedly agree. And, yeah. and you've been involved in some of the groups I've put together of just meeting each other and just understanding yeah. what the other side is doing. Yeah. I think that is the start.
0: Um, I, I wholeheartedly agree. But and yeah, I if I was even... going to do anything this
1: year, is to push people to, to cross those boundaries. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you for coming in today. I think you you have uh, ten minutes to speed Absolutely. down I forty nine, and I have no doubt that you'll be on time for your eleven o'clock. <laughs> Dude,
1: thank you all. Thank
0: you so much for being here, Matt Snyder. That's part one. Thank you so much. <laughs>
1: <Thanks>. <laughs>